If you want it, baby, I can show ya. If you want it, I can get to know ya. If you want it, baby, I can show ya. If you want it, baby, I can show ya. Let me explain as I'm taking it off. Let me explain how I feel about us. If you want it, baby, I can show ya. I can show ya. Welcome to Spend Nation World Podcast. And today I am heading over to Europe uh, in the Netherlands, speaking to a man. And look, I, you know, coming from a very English predominantly speaking country, I read your name as Thijs van der Meer. Is that, is that right? Well, uh, in, in, in Netherlands, we would say Thijs, Thijs van der Meer. Uh, you would get it wrong. Thijs van der Meer. Yeah. Sorry. I, I should have it's touched okay. it up in the uh, the lead up to this, but, um, you know, sometimes we just got to wing it. So Thijs, everybody. I think it's, I like actually some of these uh, Dutch names. It is Dutch origin, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is a, it's, a, it's a Dutch uh, origin. It's a, it's a very Dutch name. Even it's, um, it's more something of the north of the country. We've got uh, Fries. That's a very small uh, language within the Dutch uh, area. Also spoken in uh, some parts of Germany and Denmark. But wow. um but I don't think there are a lot of uh, thesis, uh around internationally. No, you're the first Tease I've met. Otherwise, I may have got your name right. But anyway, he's from the the Don- Donakind uh, Foundation, which uh, you know translates to Donor Kid Foundation, I guess, is in English. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's funny, like you see, um, you know, because I've been a part of the donor conceived communities, and I see these people, and especially some of these, um, like Americans, or uh, they get like when they mention children or kin, they're like, "I'm an adult, I'm not a child." Uh, so it's uh, it's very controversial. Sometimes people get like triggered by sort of um, stuff. I, I've noticed in Europe, and uh, even when Denmark, I did a podcast in Denmark with a lady over there, and she's her book was called Donor Child. And so, like, we have all these different interpretations based on where you're on the world, where you're happy to be, uh, you know, associated with that name. Yeah, well, it it depends, of course, a bit on uh, on how your language works, <laughs> and um, uh, I mean uh, the, the the word donor conceived. Uh, you know, it works for me, a donor conceived person, but in Dutch, it doesn't um, it doesn't add up uh, to a word that's that you're that you're able to say. So in Dutch, um, donor kind um, is the is the best working word. For, up until now and of course we do uh, sometimes have um, uh, a conversation or discussions on that people should realize that not every donor kind is actual a kind um, <laughs> of, course, uh, of course most of them are uh, are adults or, or even elderly but um uh, uh, yeah in the end uh, for now this is the best word word we've got and um, and that's why the foundation is what it is. It the name is what it is. But who knows? Maybe uh, maybe in a couple of uh, years uh, we'll change that name. It's uh, it's never impossible. You might grow up and all become adults eventually. <laughs> and call it. Oh, that's, that's, of course, <laughs> uh, that's of course what what we do as donor conceived people. And um, it's it's always something. Um, and I feel like it's it's somewhat surprising sometimes for uh, for doctors and clinics that also donor conceived persons grow up to be uh, to be 
people who have their own rights and their own um, opinions, of course. Um, I mean, I think I think and, if you're a parent, I think if you're a parent, naturally you still call your children your children, even when they do become adults. Like it's sort of go, oh, that's yeah, because yeah, yeah, they, right. I guess, yeah. they grow up and all that. But anyway. You've, you've started this foundation. We'll get into this because obviously there's a lot of things that made you as a person grow up in a situation or your upbringing that, you know, might be a little bit different, I guess, to surroundings, especially back then compared to how popular IVF and all that is now, I guess. And, uh, you know, how did this all begin for you? Yeah. Well, no, just a uh, small thing. I didn't start the uh, foundation DonorKin. It was uh, started. It started in 2007. I joined in 2009, and in 2011, I was asked to uh, to be the chairman. Um, but of course, my own journey was already uh, had already started. Um, and that's what what that was your question. How did how did it start for me? Well, I was I was born in 1978. Um, and um, my parents um, who raised me, uh, or legal parents, um, uh, were a heterosexual couple. So they they, uh, um, they were already married at that moment for, I think, 10 years, something like that. And um, they couldn't conceive children. Um, and before I was born, or before they started uh, a treatment, um, I have an, uh, they, they got an older brother of mine um, from Colombia. So I've got an adopted older brother. Um, and uh, then I was born under a promise of, uh, of secrecy and, uh, and anonymity uh, in the north uh, of the country. Um, and um, well, my mother already thought that was a bit of a problem because uh, she felt it would be lying to me uh, if she, if they keep uh, if they kept it a secret and um, when um, they weren't my parents weren't 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 very happily married so when I was uh, three I guess they uh, they separated and um, I think when I was four or five I can't remember uh, when we were. Uh, watching a TV show, uh, something about uh, genetics, um, and I had some questions on um, if it was going to turn out the way my legal father uh, acted sometimes, and that that I, I asked these questions to my to my mother, and she thought, well, this is the moment to uh, to tell my children how their origin story is, and. Um, uh, of course, when you're when you're four or five, uh, you don't have a really set idea on what is family and what is not family. So, um, and, and you know, as a four or five year old uh, boy, uh, and my my brother was uh, was uh, seven or eight at that moment. You know, we never asked ourselves why is he uh, brown um, mm. and why am I white? I mean, uh, just just a fact of life just like he was bigger than me you know <laughs> yeah uh, yeah you know it's it's just something that that my older brother was um beside that of course he's an older brother so he's extremely cool uh when you're when you're small 
Um, so, and after that, uh, you know, uh, we took that in. Like I said, I can't remember it. And it, it was normal from the from the beginning. So when we met new children, when we were on uh, vacation and, and stuff like that, people would always ask, well, why are you white and is your brother brown? And uh, then we would say, well, uh, he's adopted and, uh, and I'm from a, a sperm bank. And then you, you're you together with a special um, story. So other children would always say, oh, okay. And then would, they would just start playing again. Um, so there was something we were always talking about. There's uh, so many um, there's so many pathways and questions I could go down to. And yeah, um, the first one would be is this, is, you know, was it a similar culture in Europe where the doctors were told to lie, say that you you know, you weren't conceived by a donor and obviously you said your mum wasn't comfortable with that. So she, you know, because we see a lot of it in the donor um, conceived community, especially in America and and other countries, westernised countries like that, is, uh, you know, a lot of people forgive their parents for just listening to the doctor when, you know, we, a lot of, it's basic human rights and, well, morals to, you know, to know right from wrong and know when you're lying and, and and hold these big secrets. And for me, like, you know, I look back and I go, I don't think I could lie to to my child either if, I, you know, that was the, um, that case. And obviously it's hard to point the finger, but, you know, there is people out there like yourself who are donor conceived where your parents went, no, this is wrong and I'm going to, you yeah. know, be honest. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, as a donor conceived person, do you, you know, and you see other people with these similar stories that had where their parents didn't choose that, you know, do, are you thankful in a way that you didn't have to deal with those lies? Yeah. I'm, I'm very thankful um, that my, that my mother made the choice to, to tell us, of course, to inform us because um, you know, there's, there's, I mean, as a child, there's always um, a lot to, um, to forgive your parents about, you know, they they did their best, but there there's always uh, there's always things they they could have done better, uh, in your uh, opinion. Uh, this is something I say. Well, my 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 mother really did, uh, really made a good choice, and um, within within the Dutch culture at that time, it really really was uh, a lot better than than most parents could have done and did, uh, keeping secrets, of course. I donated to a lady um, that's just done a podcast with her previously that lives in Sweden, and she she was adopted from her parents in Ecuador, which is another South American country, which is probably yeah. pretty close to Colombia, I'd imagine, um, without looking at the, the map, but it's sort of in that region. Yeah, I mean, they share a border, as, as far as I know, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's um you know, was that quite a common thing, you know, Europeans, um you know, adopting children from over in Ecuador? And obviously, uh, I would say back in, in those days, Netherlands would be probably more predominantly white, you know. So, you know, you've got a, a older brother growing up with Colombian heritage with brown skin, and you've got you growing up as uh, a donor conceived person you know this is at a time where the world's changing to what it's become now who do you feel had the hardest upbringing you know with with those sort of different you, you know you got differences in in obviously that situations yeah well i think my my brother had the more difficult card uh since he always took out uh in the crowd 
and um you know i, th I think there's there's also um uh, just uh, yeah a more general point of 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 raci racism in, at at that at that point in time um in the netherlands so uh, I think I think it was more difficult for my for my brother, though in the end, I mean, as um, uh, he was semi illegally adopted, which happened a lot in those days. Uh, and I was, of course, um, uh, from a completely anonymous uh, donor. So in the end, we share a lot of our um, of our story. And uh, nice. a lot of the a lot of the know-how in searching for uh, for family. So uh, I think it's a, it's for for the both of us. It's a good thing we're that that we're in this together. It's it's an interesting combo, and and as you said, it is similar because you're it's a it's a tale of two stories searching for family. Yeah, yeah, it's very unique and uh, it's fascinating. So you found out sort of around five years old, and. You had um, your mother and, you know, the father that was raising you up till three years old. They were together for 10 years. Did you find, I mean, obviously your memory probably would have been very bleak back then being very young, but to be together for 10 years, do you find that some people, the stress of having a child that's not biologically theirs can sort of make them do the runner, like, and disappear, like it makes it more easier for them to do that like it sounded like a good idea at the time to to have children with a person but then it just you know gets too hard and they yeah, just I think run. so I think so um you know I think in 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 a lot of cases um maybe sometimes people are together yeah just because they feel a uh, pressure from society yeah definitely um you know and then they think well uh, maybe if we have a child where we're bonded uh, more something like that and and of course, I mean, having children, uh, even if they're biological, uh, your own children, uh, is a stressful thing, you know? I mean, uh, babies are are a handful and, and, oh. uh, and small children are a handful. Um, so um, if you're having a stressed relationship already, um, having a child isn't the best way to, uh, to fix that. It just adds more stress. And then uh, dealing with yeah with the with the anxiety of maybe being found out found out uh, if if one of them uh, one of the parents isn't uh, the biological parent and they want to keep it a secret uh, that's a difficult thing you know and uh, I think if you if you look back the 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 advice from doctors and and uh, not just doctors but uh, but um, uh, all specialists at that time of keeping it a secret has been the most horrible thing to do to uh, to couples and to families you know uh, maybe you're stressed already maybe you haven't dealt with the pain of infertility well let's add a family secret to that mix uh, <laughs> and see if that if it works out uh, well uh, you know, and then, you know, that's that's, that's not the scientific thing to do. Uh, it's not even the logical thing to do. But yeah, well, so so I think I think um, it, looking at my family, uh, dealing with uh, with infertility was was already a thing. Um, adding a adding a potential family secret into the mix and um, and. Um, inequality of one person having a biological child and the other not it didn't help 
It's it just seems like clinics were the evil from the test of time. You know, as soon as they popped up, you know, you got these doctors who, you know, you when you grow up, you get told policemen are there to protect you, firemen are going to put the fires out, doctors are going to give you medicine to make you better, and these doctors have come up with, you know, they're meant to be professionals and they're coming up with the advice of lying. Now, that's the opposite to professionalism. And the clinics have started off as a really um, shady business compared to any other that's meant to be an elite, you know, society, uh, you know, facility. And they have not delivered and... It still goes on today. It went on to all the all the way to until Ancestry and Twenty Three and Me came out that the doctors were thinking, well, their sperm's better than anyone else's. They can get their success rates up or ego or whatever their motive was. These are the type of characters and people who are attracted to being in charge of these, you know, these medical clinics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, t- it's, exactly. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's strange because um, all these doctors, uh, specialists said, well, uh, if I'm an ex- expert in human fertility, then I can make choices about and, and, and advise people on how to raise their children. And of course, that's a completely different thing. But that's what they do. Um and if you look at the counselors and the psychologists uh, working, uh, well, in some countries they're still working, and in some clinics uh, in the Netherlands they're still working. But these people who say, "Well, I'm a clinician, I'm a psychologist, or uh, I'm a, uh, someone who, who did uh, pedagogue studies," and they come up with um, with advices that have nothing to do with their body of knowledge, but they say, well, some things haven't been uh, researched at donor-conceived people yet. So it's okay to treat donor-conceived people completely different than normal, ordinary children who were conceived by sex. Mm. And of course, that's, that's uh, for me, that's, the, that's, the, that's mind-boggling, you know? Definitely. How can you say, um, you know, I mean, um, there's there's really people out there, uh, psychologists uh, who say, well, uh, there's no scientific evidence that uh, donor conceived people consider their half siblings uh, as a family member. So you shouldn't treat them like a family member. And um, there's no scientific evidence that uh, donor conceived people have a uh, interest uh, in knowing their biological father, uh, while at the same moment, every other child uh, conceived by sex, uh, if their if their if their biological father walks out, or if there's a messy uh, breakup between them, in the Netherlands we have um, uh, child protection agencies who are always working to keep contact with both biological parents. But then, uh, you know, if if there wasn't any sex, but they 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 did the conceiving part uh, uh, in a in a medical facility, then all bets are off, and and you're uh, you're a strange new human being, mm. um, and everything has to be proven. 
scientifically. And that's that's uh, that's a different thing, you know? So you grew up. At yeah. five, you started asking questions. Can you remember, like, going growing up from that point onwards, how many thoughts did you have about who your donor was? Did you did that enter your mind at all? Did you did you think or what may he look like? You know what was? Can you remember those thoughts or when you started having these like curiosity thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, a lot of the time I didn't have that many thoughts or questions about it. And I, I remember um, when I was, I think twelve, something like that. Uh, I had some conversations with uh, with classmates. Um, who were asking questions about being cur- curious, and then I noticed, oh, I am, I am curious. And when I was, um, I think, thirteen or fourteen upwards, um, um, triggered by um, by that, I got interested in having having uh, romantic or sexual relationships. Uh, I th- I thought, oh, well, out there somewhere are half siblings um and um uh, of course when you when you're when you're and as a, as a as a 14 year old boy thinking about kissing a girl uh, then it crosses your mind crosses your mind well uh, i don't i don't want to be kissing a a half sibling <laughs> so um at that moment my my curiosity started growing and i, I think from from that moment onward also, when I was like um, in public transport, I think a lot of donor-conceived people would would recognize this, um, or just walking around in the city, uh, I would think, oh, this person maybe looks a bit like me. Could he be? Could could he or she be family? Or could this be my uh, my donor father? Um, so then my curiosity um, kept on mostly on on how they would look. And when I was turning um, 20, uh, something like that, I started, um, I know when, when I was 18, something like that, I, I was I was more thinking about, um, it feels like a social injustice that I will never be able to know who this person was and that some doctor um, just made up that we are not gonna meet. Um, you know, the, the injustice of it was uh, was coming up, and that was uh, during my my um, uh, my own study on uh, social work. Um, so that was part of this um, of this uh, um, the social injustice was part of, of of what triggered by my studies, I guess. Um, and then when I was, uh, I think when I was. 24 22 20 23 24 the 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 um the early 20s um more and more i noticed um you know i, I worked with uh, with with children at that moment or uh, not children i worked with um uh youth so uh, i worked with 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 the children with um uh, behavioral problems uh, who were between 16 and 21 um and you know using a lot of psychology also thinking you know um there's these there's these life phases transitioning from 
from young young adult into a man um um there were more psychological phases of life i was i was i was looking um for a example or for an idea on how what kind of man i would turn out to be um and i noticed well i think it's i think i have a difficulty from turning from a boy into a man because i don't know i don't have any clue on what kind of man uh, my father was um so that at that moment in my early 20s it became more of a, my own psychological need to know uh, and to do something with this being donor conceived than just curiosity do you do you feel now if you could wind back the clock or recreate the rules or go back in a time machine would it be beneficial for you to be able to reach out to your donor or form some sort of relationship at a time that you wanted to ask that question and say, right, I'm six years old. I want to know about this guy or I just want to, is that something that would be a lot more greater for donors can see people to have that opportunity to um, have? Oh, yeah. 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 There's no question in my mind about it. Um since since uh since donors are you know they're just part of your uh they're 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 biological family members and um it's always an 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 artificial thing or an intrusion when there's family members you're not you're not able to contact or not get any information about and um in the end you know it's 50 percent of your of your dna and um you should always be uh, able to um to to get some information uh of that of that person i think uh, you know i'm i'm also a donor myself but i i i really think um you know by creating a child uh, in this world um i do have an obligation toward that child um to make them know that i um well at least their opinion uh matters you know now you know obviously it'd be beneficial for you to be able to access your donor from a young age if you looked for a crystal ball you know would that be the same opinion in that your, your mother had your parent had you know would that be something because a lot of people they get intimidated, you know, they get territorial. They're like, is this stranger donor guy going to come in and, and have more than, you know, what than I'm willing to give? Or is he going to take my child? Or, you know, like all this paranoia thoughts. Like, is this where it becomes a bit of a gray area because, you know, the insecurity? Yeah, well, yeah. No, I, I mean, the insecurity of uh, of parents, I, I understand. Um and I think, um, you know, although my mother, um, she um, uh, she did a really great, great job on telling telling me and my, my older brother about our origin uh, so early. Um, I think my mother um, had a special uh, talent in um, uh, in getting insecure and <laughs> getting into fights with people. And I think, uh, you know, that's part also... Um, 
you know, she got hurt a lot in in her uh, in her first marriage, the marriage we were we were uh, well born in. But um, if I would look in this into this crystal ball and and for myself say, well, this it's beneficial for me uh, to have been able to uh, to ask these questions uh, to my donor father. While I know that this would probably end it. Uh, up with with my with my mother also making uh, sometimes making um uh, making problems in that relationship because she would be insecure hmm. and yet i think it's it still would have been beneficial for me um and i think um you know it, it, yeah it's something i i uh, you know it's easily said i know it's more complex but you know, it's uh, if you want to become a parent, you'll have to deal with the fact that your child is connected to other persons in the world and that your child has a right to do that. So if you're, you know, if you're a couple or if you're single, but if you if you think it's a problem that the donor, that the biological father is a family member uh and they, there is a, a social connection that it means a social connection. If you think that's a problem, then don't start with with donor conception. Mm. Yeah, you know, definitely. If, if you're not prepared to to deal with a donor, donor conception is not for you. I mean, look, we see in social media these days the aspect of uh, the term ghosting. You know, it's sort of. Uh, yeah. It's a it's a big phenomenon, and it seems like a very common thing that a lot of people are doing. And we all know it's probably a cheap way out. It's a it's a yeah coward's way out. And I think this is yeah. probably a similar term to back then, is just wiping your hands clean and and running away from problems or not doing what's right because. You're just doing what you think is easier for you now rather than what could become more complicated in the long yeah, run. I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, and, and I think, you know, and that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's, uh, that's, no, that's a, that's a difficult thing. Of course, uh, you know, clinics started uh, using the word donor to minimize the social impact and to be able to say, oh, no, this is not a father. This is uh, just uh, a bit of semen. So to dehumanize uh, the importance of uh, of this person, um, and I think um, uh, I mean clinics still do, but uh, but in in uh, in some in some instances or uh, some parents, they use the donor they use the word donor with the same object to dehumanize this person who um, who's genetically a half of their child and that always has social implications we'll just change subject just quickly because uh yeah. i can see the time and oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah i have to i have to watch um i have to check my my cat uh if it's okay yes you can be just five minutes sure all right yeah. we'll just put it on okay. pause So this is the first time I've ever come across it, but you can tell Tease is a great pet owner, I guess, in terms of uh, 
He's got a cat that has diabetes. I, I never knew cats could get diabetes, um, but, you know, it's an interesting one. I mean, give us a little quick rundown on your cat and how it got diagnosed with diabetes and what you have to do. You've got to do injections, uh, how often you have to check on them. Like, yeah, this yeah, is... Yeah, yeah. Well, um, um, well, it's uh, it's a it's a second generation of this cat family I have. So uh, it started with uh, with a mother, and um, um, then um, uh, I've had I've had uh, two brothers, um, and um, they're both um, uh, or well the the, the last one uh, Socrates, he's um, he's seventeen now. Uh, his older brother just died uh, one and a half month ago. Oh, sorry to hear. Um, and his brother had had diabetes, and now uh, during my during last half month, um, this one developed the same uh, problem, uh, and you notice it when your cat is um, well doesn't have a lot of energy and he um, um, urinates a lot. Uh, and drinks a lot, and um, and of course a a cat can tell you when they have a low blood sugar of uh, of course, um, and, and uh, or high blood sugar, which which of course is the problem. Um, so I went to the vet. Uh, he checked uh, the blood. He said, "Well, uh, it's a high blood sugar, so he's uh, he's got uh, sugar just like his brother had." And then every uh 12 hours uh really on that moment you really have to um uh, give them uh, some insulin and now we're just starting with this one uh because um if you give too much insulin they'll get into a coma yeah uh, so you do an injection of insulin and then um it, uh, it uh, after 6 hours that's uh, that's the, that's the lowest point um then you have to check how their blood sugar is so it doesn't get too uh, get too low. Um, and then if it's still too high, then the next day you give them a, a bit more um, insulin. Or if, if it's just a bit too low, then you'll uh, then you'll uh, re reduce the dose. Um, and you you'll have to keep doing that uh, for a couple of weeks until you find the magic magic place that it just keeps on going right and uh, with this one i'm still i'm still searching for it hmm. it's yeah I, I mean like i'm not sure i know with dogs you can't give them chocolate so i'm presuming you can't give cats chocolate either so oh, you can't oh, give them exactly. the sugar hit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well we're zooming back that was a good educational thing about cats with diabetes or something i learned new today um <laughs> which is interesting um so you you know you're getting into your early 20s yeah you, have you have you have you met your donor uh now i have but um so when i was in my 20s um we were in in the netherlands i was all, also always following the discussion about uh, donor anonymity and um so in 2004, uh, in uh, in the Netherlands, donor anonymity was banned. So before this time, there was uh, quite some discussion, uh, and all the doctors uh, did what they always do, and they say, "Oh no, with these new regulations, there will be no donors left." 
Um, and um, so I'm very happy in 2004, we uh, we stopped. Um, and um, couple of, a couple of years after, I think 2006, I started thinking, well, I need to do something about uh, this this psychological need to do something with with this uh, being donor conceived. Um, and at that moment, there was no um, um, there there was no uh, stifting donor kind. There was no um, uh, idea even about uh, DNA testing and that kind of stuff. So. Um, uh, so at that moment, I thought, well, what am I going to do? Uh, and I thought, well, I could donate myself. And then I have a um, quite a unique experience that I share with my biological father. Uh, because I know he donated himself too. Uh, and that's the only thing I know. I mean, I know I, I knew he was uh, in Groningen. Uh, 18 uh, years and nine months, uh, uh, nine months before my uh, before my uh, birth, and he um, he was at least 18 years old. But that that's all I knew. I do uh, I do I do wonder, like you know, when you say this, if any of the donor children that I've helped create end up becoming donors as well, following in in my footsteps. I mean. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a very unique thing to become a donor and to have two generations of people um, do it is, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, there's a guy in the UK and he's had a, another excessive amount of children called Simon Watson, and he has oh, a, yeah. and he has, and he has a, he has a son that loves meeting all the donor conceived people, um, or his children, like siblings, like um, you know, half siblings, yeah. I guess. And he loves that and he supports his dad and, and all that sort of stuff. But when it comes to donating himself, no, he, he doesn't he doesn't do that. So he, you know, he obviously didn't, you know, pass on to in, in that account, which maybe is probably a good thing. You know, it's, many, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've done what you, you your biological father has has done. You followed in in those footsteps. You know, you, you you did it at a stage in 2008 when you first started, and I read that somewhere that you, you did it for three years, uh, yeah, donating at, at a clinic. Uh, you know, what did that involve? Um, and obviously, it sounds like you had a better end of the deal in terms of anonymity was, you know, gone by then, but it still wasn't perfect, is it? Like, you know, oh, you've, no. you've got at one stage, I think I've heard that you've got at least 12 children out there i mean i'm not sure if that is that gone up now um yeah that... it's gone up um it's um i because i started donating in 2008 yep. uh and, yeah, like i like i told you uh, before yeah, because i wanted to have something similar like my donor and like my, my like my donor father uh, and i also thought well you know uh, all these doctors always uh, screaming uh, that there won't be any donors left uh, if it's not uh, anonymous anymore. I thought, well, uh, I think it's very important to uh, to um, um, to keep this system where it's not anonymous, uh, and it's something practical I can do. Uh, you know, I'm one donor, uh, and it helps uh, if it helps uh, keeping this not as an open system. Then it's something I, I should do. And then I searched for a clinic um, 
where they tell the, the parents, uh, don't keep it a secret. Uh, if you want to keep it a secret, um, then maybe this is not for you, or maybe you should have uh, some help to deal with your infertility problems. But uh, but but do this as, as open as possible. And um, so I ended up in a clinic in uh, Amsterdam. Um, and um, I started donating. And um, when I was um, still donating, I think in 2010, um, somewhere around that time, uh, they, the, 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 the woman behind the counter uh, said, well, we can congratulate you because uh, there's, a, there's a little child born. Um, so that was uh, an extremely special moment. You know, I was, uh, you know, um, um, I was in the clouds for, for like a week um, and I told everyone I knew. Um, but at that moment, I also noticed, oh, well, this relationship and this curiosity I have towards this child um, is much bigger than the curiosity I have towards my donor donor father. Um, you know, the, the the information of my donor father, I need to complete my own identity, but the um, the, um, the feeling I have toward this child is much more uh, one of responsibility. So I noticed that there was that there was a difference. At one moment, I heard that there were seven children and two, uh, I know, I think five children and two underway. And then I thought, well, this should be enough. You know, I don't want them. I don't, I don't want, I don't, I don't want too many donor conceived children. Well, they, might uh, make a net, they might make a Netflix show about you if they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> possibly. Uh, no, but I, I, I thought uh, let's let's not let, let, let's not do it too much. And um, of course, you know, I, I thought I would end up with ten or twelve children. At the moment I started, the clinic already said, "Well, we 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 um, our maximum is fifteen families." And that's changed in the Netherlands now to 12 families as a maximum. But uh, when I donated, they said a, a maximum of 15 families. And um, after I stopped donating, I uh, once every couple of years, I, uh, I, I, I got contact with the, um, uh, with the um, clinic to ask how many children uh, there were born. And... The last time I asked, uh, that amount was was eighteen children. So uh, for as far as I know, I have eighteen donor conceived children now. And and how many of these children have you made contact with? Um, four. Four. Um, yeah, because uh, so e even even yeah. though this clinic is, you know, they say that they, you know, they encourage people to, you know, not keep their identity secret. Four out of eighteen is still, you know, less than a quarter, um, twenty five percent. You know, tw less than twenty percent of them coming True. forward and reaching out, even yeah, though the but, yeah, that's but the, there's also the regulations uh, because um, of course we're in in the Netherlands, uh, you know, in in two thousand four anonymity was banned, but we're it's still the regulations is that uh, children can have the identity of their donor father 
when they're 16. Yeah. But I mean, is uh, there is there is there a way for you or them to say, I want it now, and you just say, yes, I'm happy for it to be available now? Um, yeah, not, not through the clinics. Um, so not it's, through the clinics. it's through it's through like DNA testing and ancestry, isn't it? Yeah, or yeah, it's through yeah. me. So uh, so one I really found me through uh, my heritage, and um, uh, the other because um, I I know four children in three families. Yeah, um, and two of the mothers, so two families. Uh, because I'm I'm the chairman, of course, of uh, uh, Stichting Donorkind. Sometimes in the I'm in the media, and uh, two families. The mother thought, "Hey, this man looks a bit like uh, my child. <laughs> so nice. Could that be?" And uh, you know, in the in the donor information, they knew, they read, uh, "I was donor conceived myself." So that's a that's a quite a unique thing, also. Um, so uh, they added up and they connected and then we, you know, we did the DNA testing and, um, uh, and we found out. And so two, I found actually through the media and one found me uh, through my heritage. Uh, and one of the families, uh, when it was found, the child was, um, two, two and a half. And, um, when he was four, um, he had a baby sister. Uh, so they already knew me when the, when this when this uh, woman had uh, had their second child. Wow! Um, and uh, it was created uh, at the donor clinic uh, in Amsterdam, but um, I was present during the uh, what do you call it? Um, the birth. Birth. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was present during birth. See, so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look, it's yeah. very, it's very interesting because I'm a donor that wants to not donate a clinic. I, well, I donate a clinic, but it's to someone that I've already seen a face to. You know, what I mean, I wanna, yeah. I wanna see someone and go. I think we connect. We have the same morals, values. The kids can ask me questions. You can ask me questions about my health history. Full transparency, you know. But yours is different because you've donated at a clinic. You followed down your, um, your donors. You know footsteps i guess and yeah. you've now discovered some of these families and obviously it comes magical when you've actually put a picture to these people's faces and mm -hmm. what you know what happens if they say we want a sibling but would you do fresh sperm or would you just say go to the clinic like you know how would you navigate that if that's you know they came to you now and say hey we'd like to give our son or our daughter Another sibling, would you do it in a cup and hand it over to her? You know, like yeah, yeah, how... yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm, um, um, as when I knew that I had um, sixteen children, I think, uh, yeah. through the clinic, um, I also thought, well, I think these are this is enough. Mm. Um, so uh, I'm not open for uh, for more donations. And um, so I think I have enough biological children as it is because uh, and I've turned from a a donor in a well open yet uh, uh, well maybe partly anonymous system, you know, I'm anonymous till they're 16. Mm. I've turned from a donor in that system to a 
known father or known yeah known father i mean for my for my children i'm just their father you know and um so i'm in in some ways i'm more like a co-parent and i do have a relationship now um now for five years and my uh, my wife she uh she knew of course i was a donor uh, she already yeah, i already had contact with with some of my kids and so we formed our relationship well knowing this but also that she already knew that i didn't want more biological children so we are not talking about it what are her options if she really develops a, uh, a, a the wish to have a child of herself because I'm not open to it anymore. So your wife that you're with now may be considering a child potentially and you don't yeah. and then you don't want any more. Yep. So <laughs> it's uh, um so then she would have to look for uh, for a co-parent also. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm coming to the Netherlands in September. <laughs> well, oh, we, always, uh, we always stay. Well, not not trying trying I was, to do it international. Uh, but I was um, I wasn't intending on uh, donating in 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 that time there. But I mean, I'll hand over a cup because you're a good guy. <laughs> but um, no. In all seriousness, yeah. um, you know, like it, I was going to ask you this question as well. It, it says in the Netherlands. I don't know if it's recommended or what, but it says 25 children per donor. And you're saying yeah. it was 15 families or 12 families. But what if one family just hogs it and goes, all right, I'm going to have four or five kids, you know, like two of those families do that. That's 10 kids done. Leaves the other, you know, 10 families with, you know, less than, you know, uh, yeah, enough, yeah. you know, so, you know, is it, is it a fair system yeah, because I was going to touch on it later in this story though, of a man getting banned in a court order that you'll know all about, of course. Um, and but even though he's got hundreds, he's still allowed to keep that sperm in clinics for siblings for people, even though it's you know that could potentially double numbers than that. Now, oh, yeah. the maximum number of children is twenty-five. Is it fair, or is it rushing people to have children more quickly to get? in the amount, you know what I mean? Because they want a full biological sibling. Obviously, your story is a little bit different because you've got two siblings, obviously all from different backgrounds and, and all that. So I don't know how important that is to you. But for some people, they yeah. like the idea of that. So, yeah, what what's, how do you dissect that in your mind? Yeah. Well, um I think because um, uh, you know you're 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 saying a, a good thing. Okay, and, um, the maximum in the Netherlands it was just a guideline by the profession uh, of twenty five, and uh, it's been around for ages. Um, and, um, and and well, in the end, it's just like any other guideline by by these by they by these professionals. Uh, it didn't say anything. Um, so the, the, the maximum of 25 ch children per donor, they just invented more paper donors if they wanted to proceed with a, with a certain donor in, uh, in the Netherlands. That's, that's what these clinics do. If there's money to be made, they will make money. So that's why we 
uh, advocated as um, or, or lobbied as a, a stichting donorkind for another uh, for for lower uh, and legal boundaries, and having a system that that uh, says, well, there's this amount of uh, of families that we're going to help. It's easier to keep track on them, and it's easier to um, to control. Let's something, uh, something like that. So. In the Netherlands, we now have a system of a maximum of twelve families. That that means that a donor is maximum is is going. The maximum is uh, that this donor has uh, children with twelve women, uh, and it's easier to keep reserves in that way. Mm. Um, yeah, the chance so the so the maximum of twenty five children is off the table. It's just these twelve families now. It, of course, this 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 can easily end up in uh, in a lot of children, and mm-hmm. I think more than than would be av- advisable uh, for me. Um, so I think you should lower the amount of families if if you're going to be uh, to do a a uh, a good system. Uh, you know, we have um, a stating donorkind. We have a quite a large community in the Netherlands. We've got um, like a, a thousand, more than a thousand donor-conceived people talking with each other uh, um, on a on a regular basis. Is that and, is that uh, trauma? Is that are they brought together by trauma? You know, is there is it because the system no. is it is it because the system was lacking? That they, you know, they want comfort in each other in a certain extent because, you know, obviously, you know, they grew up with concerns or a void in their life. You know, like would would donor say if they did it right from the start, where you had access to your donor from the day you say you said, "Hey, I want to meet my donor today," or I want to speak to him on the phone right mm-hmm. now, and you did it. Would would the you know what you what your foundation or the foundation that you're the chairman of now is is wonderful and it's great because because the system was so bad before, but if the system was actually good and set out and thoughtful, would there be a need for it? You know, like would it be much less than it no, is no, now? No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, these people aren't uh, aren't uh, brought together by trauma. In the sense, they had a problem during their um, their growing up, mm. but they have a problem in uh, existing now. Um, you know, because a lot of them find out that their donor conceived uh, by you doing a DNA test. Mm. You know, they never, uh, they, they 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 were never searching for anything. They never um, never even uh, thought they would be uh, donor conceived. But then, um, you know, they. Out of curiosity, they they said, "Well, let's see what my heritage is," and they do uh, ancestry or my heritage, and then they have fifty half siblings. Uh, you know that means you have to talk to your parents and and ask them what's the problem. And at that moment, your world changes. At that moment, um, the you know their life story it it unravels. Uh, and and with the system now that it's not working uh, backward, these people find out that their donor conceived, and then they can't find anything uh, about their uh, biological father. And uh, the, our government says, "Well, too bad for you, but mm. you were conceived before two thousand four, so you're 
you're you're you're just a second grade uh, uh, civilian. You know, you're you're not a real person. You're donor conceived. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, I I I totally relate with that. I mean, but do you see? You know, like you've got this foundation. You've got a thousand people talking to each other. The people being born today. Is it going to be on a? Is you know, are we on the decline? You know, where people are going to grow up satisfied that we're. I think. I think. I mean, the 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 national regulations are getting better. Mm. Um, and because because um, you know, I mean, of course, the Netherlands was always quite a, a forward uh, going country, and in the eighties, uh, we had a lot of same sex couples. Oh, okay. And in the 80s, um, a lot of same-sex couples, uh, they weren't uh, allowed in the clinics, but they made their own, um, um, they had their own uh, ways. So, so uh, a lot of, uh, there are a lot of families uh, in the Netherlands uh, who have, uh, you know, two mothers and a donor that they've always had contact with. Um, so it's a known donor. Uh, children uh, could relate to them on a very early basis, and there's no problems within these families. So, so we're really talking, you know, with our foundation, it's really the the donors from clinics mm. and the donors uh, from internationally you know a, a large groups of uh, of siblings those are the problem those are the problems we're going to deal with the coming years it's not when people just know each other see for me i looked at all this i looked at you know for me it was like you know i could have gone i went to the european sperm bank and i donated to one lady only i said this yeah. sperm's for one lady only they, you know, they often say, oh, we'll donate more and give it out to, you know, whatever. And I'm like, no. Okay. So for me, it was like, because I'm thinking about the donor conceived people. I've listened to the stories. I hear what you're saying. I hear what, you know, I'm talking to you today and I hear your point of view and I take a lot on and I absorb it and I go, you know, I don't want a child that grows up with identity issues. I don't want a child that goes up when they're 13 wondering if they're having sex with their their um sibling, yeah. sibling. and so I just said from day one, it's all right. Well, I'm going to help good parents, and they got to agree to being a part of the people that I help, so the siblings all know each other, and they have the ability to contact. So there's no any hidden people um, around. So. I've touched wood. I've probably helped more people than I should, yeah. you know, like it's in the twenties, but they all know each other. So I say to people, you know, like as a donor can see person yourself, would you rather be in a room with 30 people? Say there's a hundred people in this nightclub and you're in this nightclub and there's 30 people who are related to you, but you know who all 30 of them are. Now, would you rather that, so you know the other 70 aren't related to you. Would you rather that or be in a nightclub that there's 100 people, but there's ten, there's five or 10 people in there that um, are your sibling, but you don't know any of them? And, yeah. then the, and then the other 90, obviously, if you know them all, you're not going to be 
hooking up with them or have that worry about hooking up with them. But if there's a lesser number, but then you still don't know who any of them are, then obviously that's really concerning, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it always starts with with knowing uh, who they are. You know, Mm. that's always better uh, than any of the other options. And Uh, I I still feel the clinics don't offer that. And that's why... Exactly, exactly. It's really a really big problem. And especially the international working clinics now, they're still, you know, I mean, because if not everybody knows each other, there's a lot of a lot of space for the clinics to do whatever they want. And, uh, you know, if if children only can connect when they're 16 or 18, uh, then they're 16 or 18 years uh, where your fraudulent uh, practice can can make you money Mm. Uh, so i think no everybody should know each other right from the start so if you had the option of growing up and having access to your siblings i don't know how many you've met because i'm going to ask you in a minute but like if you had um access to meeting all your siblings and growing up short answer have you met siblings no. Well, no. You haven't met any yet. Wow. No. no. But you met. I know of one. But you, but you met. One, you met your donor. But I haven't met her. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's interesting because a lot of people meet their siblings before their donor. Okay. So yeah. that, that's um. This is a different story. But normally, people meet their siblings and they're like, "Well, I wish I knew you growing up, you know, or knew of you, or knew what your likes were, or if we had anything yeah. in common, common, rather than playing catch up." You know, you haven't had that opportunity, I guess, to meet someone now, you know, which would probably be similar age to you, which is a lot of years of catching up, isn't it? Like Exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, I mean, um, you know, knowing your donor and knowing your siblings, uh, I think is it's extremely important. Um, and you should, you know, you should grow up together. So how did you meet your donor? Well, I, I, yeah, well, I found him. I haven't met him. That's the that's the thing. Is that the um, difference between you and him? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. does that make you a more conscious person? Maybe because of what you lacked that he doesn't realize. Um, you know, would you meet him? Like, I mean, you've contacted him, but why haven't you met? Like, what what's how? I mean, it's messy, he's, isn't it? He's yeah, he's he's not open to it, so he's um. Uh, he doesn't want to and he doesn't maybe see i don't know i mean i don't know what his problem is i mean um why wouldn't you have coffee you know yeah, it's it's easy uh, isn't it it's an yeah, easy thing it's, to do it's, 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 it's that that's what it is but you know i mean uh, i mean look i've been told there's dutch arrogance though isn't there i mean it's, uh, uh, there is dutch arrogance uh you know now you know what um like because um uh, in 2016 17 uh, you know i entered all these dna data banks yeah and um i started building family trees and uh, of course my I, I i put my mother in it also so that's you know i could see where where does my uh father's family come from and i was shocked because um i was i was conceived in the north very much north part of, of our country and um 
um, that's a more Protestant area. And then uh, I found out that my that my father's family comes from the south of the country, which is a more Catholic wow. uh, thing. That that you know, when I was conceived, that was uh, still a bit of a, a thing in the Netherlands. Uh, I really don't care, but uh, it was a thing, and um, so I had to deal with the with the idea from oh wow well, I'm I'm not a I'm not a Fries or I'm not a Groninger I'm a I'm a I'm from for, from from north of Brabant, and um, but I I could build some family, and I, 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 I at, at one moment I had uh, eight. Um, names of my great grandparents. Uh, I thought, well, these are the these are the family names I should be looking for. And then, um, um, and in two thousand nineteen, I think um, uh, I had a I had a, a half sister um, in uh, in my heritage, uh, and she was called Van der Schans, which is the name of uh, uh, of one of those families uh, I would uh, I, I should have been uh, looking out for so I saw her name and I thought well this doesn't mean you're not actually you're not only my sibling but you're probably also the legal child of of our biological father oh wow so with you I found my biological father um so I I, I made contact with her um, and I thought I was thinking well she is a psychologist she probably will be able to talk about this. Uh, it was very difficult for her. It's uh, it's amazing. Know. Like I I met a lot of psychologists and they they have a lot of burden of issues, don't they? Like it's um yeah. they must listen yeah. to a lot of issues that it deeply affects them as well. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, so I I I started talking to her and then I got the sense, well, this is going to be a difficult thing for this family. Um, and um, well, I, I I used a um, uh, a social work in uh, a social work organization in the Netherlands who works with adoptees and uh, and 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 donor conceived person to make contact with my uh, biological father. And um, once I checked him out on social media first, and I found out he'd uh, been a um, uh, public uh, public prosecutor. That's what, that's what that's how you say it mm. um and uh, after that an attorney gen general in um, um in the overseas uh islands of um of the Netherlands uh so he was quite high at, uh, at our ministry of um of justice um and now since a couple of years he's um he's a judge uh sometimes uh court judge and so I checked him out, but uh, you know, through this organization, uh, FIOM, it's called. Uh, well, he let me know he doesn't want any contact, and um, I did contact uh, his um, his younger brother, my uncle. Yep. Um, and uh, I contact uh, contacted some uh, nieces. I found uh, they were all pretty happy to to share information uh, about the family. And uh, we keep on regular contact, but um, but my biological biological father and uh, and his daughter think it's very difficult for some reason, and I still don't know why what their problem is. 
I mean, look, it's it's one of those things that a lot of people, I'm not sure what it's like in the Netherlands, but I'm presuming it's going to be the same. Was it money incentive in your mind that, you know, he donated because there was money linked to it? Like, no. you know, you, no? no? no. So, you no. know, what what is in, in, in your thought process of analysing? I've, like, done a good deed. You've gone and donated a clinic. Why aren't you curious to know who I am or who I've become or what, you know, how I look like you or how my traits are, you know, for me, I, any child that comes to me or wants anything to do with me, my, my doors are, you know, my arms are wide open and um, whether or not it's to the number or extent of people that um, want to meet me, that I make it a group thing where siblings, we all meet on the same day and have a, you know, group dinner each night or, you know, whatever it is, but my doors are always open. So, how is your evaluation of why he did this, why he donated, what was his motive, and then why, you know, how is it so hard to understand the repercussions later that you're struggling to process this later? Because for me, yeah. I've worked this already out now, and these children, and my oldest children, are only seven years old. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I can, you know, I'm, because I, I, I'm not sure, of course, because I didn't meet him, but, um, you know, he donated when he was um, not a really young student anymore. He was uh, mid twenties, and, um, uh, but I think he donated before he met his wife, uh, and he had his, uh, his, uh, his, his, his one child, and as. As far as I get a sense now, it's something he he finds difficult to, to deal with it. But it's a, a lot of a presumption. And maybe it's also a bit difficult in the sense that, um, and that that's something I hear a lot from donors who are not open for contact. Uh, mm. And I heard a lot from uh, families who, who are not open for contact. They say, well, but this was promised to me. Uh, anonymity was promised to me by the doctor and the doctor said i was never gonna hear from this again so that's why i don't want any contact and of course i i don't think that's a real reason why you wouldn't want any contact because I, uh, yeah i can't i can't agree with that i mean i don't know i mean to make curiosity would get to me i'd be exactly. like you know it's, like... A, it's a normal human function and it's normal human thing to want to know how your how your descendants are doing how your family is doing so i think it's um but it's i think it's a it's a reasoning people use to um to to make it straightforward for themselves to not have contact and to push their own curiosity and their own feelings away it, it, yeah it's interesting i mean look i mean i have taken on a lot of burdens with this, you know, when I see one of my mums write a, a post where they, you know, they're not happy or, you know, there's concern, you know, I go, oh, you know, like, and I reach out and go, hey, is everything okay? Like, yeah, because yeah, you want, like, you feel like this is, yeah, I mean, being a, a known donor that's hand-selected people that I've helped, I, it, you know, although I live my own life, these people are on my social media they're, they're linked to me and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm riding the bumps with them, but reaping the rewards of the milestones of the children that they have as well. You know, like 
Tonight, for instance, one of the mothers sent me a picture of her little baby laughing at the dog and she's only like three or four months old. And, um, you know, she's watching this dog run around and she's just having the best laugh of her time. And she's sharing these magical moments with me, which are priceless. And, um, but, you know, that's these things that I can grow up and go, I've seen you grow up as, I know your personality, I've seen what you, you develop as a human Whereas if I don't know a clinic, it's sort of like I'm trying to catch up on that later once they try and tell me it all. And, you know, so for me, it's like I am trying to educate people to become a known donor, but have a system in place that all people are linked, transparency, no lying, no saying that, um, you know, I've helped 20 people, but I've helped 400 people. You know what I mean? Like none of that sort of you know, we want to encourage, oh, exactly. we want to encourage, you know, people growing up and knowing the, you know, the real amount, the real, yeah. you know, we want, we just want people being real. And I feel yeah. if people yeah. grow up being real, then it, it, they don't need to adjust later. And no, exactly. And I mean, I mean, uh, you know, a donor is a family member and, um, you know, that's what, that's what I think. Uh, so I'm a family member to, to the um, to my children but also of course i have to have a, a healthy relationship with their with their parents mm. you know and uh, the mothers i know i would say i'm um um uh, i'm like um uh what do you call it a um um a brother-in-law for them um People no, say people say brother-in-law. People say uncle figure. Um, Something like that. But but you know, but a brother-in-law for the for the you know, I I I I feel toward them like a sister-in-law, um, mm. because I'm connected to them and I really have the obligation to have a good relationship with them, uh, not because I selected them, but it's you know because because someone we both uh, love very much the child uh, we're forever connected to them so uh, of course we need to be uh, decent human beings toward toward each other mm. i mean um, i i consider i consider everyone that i've helped family you know like yeah. they may not want to use that definition themselves but when they're feeling down and they put it out there exactly. i feel yeah bad for them i like want to seem happy i want to see because when they're striving and they're happy then i know the child's happy as well and, yeah. and I always say to them, my door is open if you know, like, cause they don't feel like they don't want to reach out because I'm just a donor and uh, you know, nothing is going to change. You know, I'm not going to get any more involved than they want me to be. But the thing is, I want to see them doing well and I want them to feel that they are, that they can come to me they're welcome. and they're welcome. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. look, I think you're, you know, the, it's, it's interesting seeing two generations of donors, you're, your um, biological father and then you becoming her and it seems that you're more mindful of that um yeah it, it's it's fascinating to um you know hear your story because obviously it's, you know it's unique and it's hard to get people to speak up about this matter and that's what we need to do we need to normalize it where people are are comfortable and so. uh, and we create this diversity where you know yeah everyone is different everyone's got different stories but you know what it's okay to have a different story but you know what it's okay to donate back in the um 1970 late 1970s and it's okay now to just catch up for a coffee as well like 
You know exactly. what? You know what is your um, biological father going to lose from catching up from you from having a copy? You know, like it, it's not um, it's not going to change his world. You know, but no. like it, you know, and for me, I'm just like we just need it's to such a simple human thing to 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 do. You know, exactly, and so I want to ask you. I, I read that you the first time you you met a donor's child, yeah, it was a seven year old boy. Can you describe yeah, the yeah, lead yeah. the lead up and the moment and the feeling of it all? Yeah, uh, well, I was I I, I was um, connected by his mother, and she asked, "Well, I, I think you're you're the you're the biological father of my son." Um, would you be open to uh, uh, to start contact? And um, at that moment, I was uh, I was single myself, and um, I also really didn't see uh, um, having children uh, in a in a uh, relationship uh, happening for me. And I wasn't, you know, not not because um, not that I wanted it, but I just thought, you know, it 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 doesn't fit me, mm. uh, the married life uh, with children. But you you've got a wife um, now. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> does it? Yeah. Does time change uh, people? But, uh, but yeah, well, I do have a wife, but we don't live together. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, you know, these you know what? All these... Do you know what? I think that's probably easier than these days, to be honest. I think so. I think so. <laughs> you don't get tired of each other. Uh, no, exactly, and uh, but I don't. I, I don't think you know. I'm. I'm not. Um, I'm not made up for the for the standard um, uh, wife married with children. Um, and um, um, so when when I um, when I met this 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 mother and child, everything clicked. You know, I thought, oh well, this is this is how my life. Can be. It wasn't something I had I had planned before, but now I know which shape my life can can have because I think it's it it is important. Uh, and I was of course before I'm meeting the child, I re was really uh, you know thinking about well how am I gonna feel when when I'm I, when I meet the child when how am I going to relate? Will we like each other uh, or anything? You know all these questions going on um and um you know when 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 i when when we met we met near the near the beach i already talked to his mother uh of course and then um you know there was this just this little boy bit behind his mom looking around and being a bit, being a bit shy and then um, the three of us talking and walking to the to the beach to the to the um, to the sea and i think in in about you know 10 minutes all the um, shyness uh it just evaporated and um and and we connected and we're um i think his his his, his mom and um and he and and me we we were extremely open to each other uh especially in the first period and also um very eloquent in all the um, insecurities and 
conscience on when you were when when we were overthinking certain mm. things. And that's something if you want to catch up and you want to start this relationship, of course, there's a lot of insecurities and there's, there's a lot of overthinking. And it's something to be um, it's something to be open about. It's something to be not judgmental about because you just have to find out in which way you can relate, you know? Hmm. Um, so there's no set set way of to uh, of to um, form your relationship or 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 the way it's supposed to be. Um, you just have to find out together, and that means uh, sometimes some trial and error, of course. How do you see old age? You know, you've got eighteen children out there. They eventually. They'll get connected. You know, how do yeah. you see how do you see your life? You know, what's your responsibilities? What is how do you is it a weekly made up? Is it a monthly made up? Is it a yearly made up? Like, how do you navigate this as a donor with your own, you know, relationship yeah. that you have going on? Well, for for me, my children now there are uh, you know they're they're really much a priority in my life. So mm. I see because because uh, you know two families I see I've seen really a lot. So um, I see them uh, every two or three weeks. The youngest children, um, uh, so those are the these are are seven and um, uh, and three years old. Yeah, uh, they um they come and and stay for a couple of nights in my in my in my place. Uh, with the oldest, he's uh, he's thirteen now. Uh, I'm going on a vacation, uh, this summer, for uh, for one and a half week. Wow! And um, you know, for them, of course, I started as a donor, and I think for them now, um, you maybe they yeah they'll see me sometimes as a as a um, uh, as some kind of uh, favorite uncle, uh, or maybe also just like um, you know, um, and uh, if if your parents are are uh, divorced, if they're separated, uh, but still have a good relationship with each other, I think my youngest, uh, you know, they they perceive my me just like uh, any other. The, the father of other children in their in their in their classes uh, of which the parents have have uh, separated you know just they say uh, oh well the the, the parent uh, the, the, the father of um, of uh, of my friend he also lives somewhere else than uh, than 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 the, the you know than my friend himself and his mother so you mm. know it's it's i think it's a very um normal way and it's it's their job uh also to have their own vision on our relationship do, do you feel that you know separation is so common these days you know is is it easier to be a donor now than have children with like in a uh a relationship you know because because it, a lot of people now are questioning questioning is society pressure of being in a partner that you have to have children with a partner that that's the way it has to be you know what i mean like you yeah know. yeah oh but i th i think you know i mean uh, i think a donor in some way or is always a co-parent 
you know? I agree, yeah. 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 So uh, so a donor is a co-parent. It's, it's just, it's, it's, sometimes he's further away or sometimes a bit closer, of course. But, the, the, of course, a, a nice thing is that, uh, and that's when you call it a co-parent, co you don't have to also have to manage your romantic relationship. You know, parenting together is a tough job. Um, and I think a lot of messy breaks up, breakups, a lot of mess mess in the lives of, of children is there because um, two people had a romantic relationship. They decided from that romantic relationship, usually under, under pressure of society saying, oh, this is the way to go. Don't only have a romantic relationship, but they also start having their more parenting relationship parenting together mm. and then um if they lose interest or they become um uh, disappointed in each other or maybe angry at each other in not managing their romantic relationship together then this 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 problem doesn't stay within their within the boundaries of her if they're of their romantic relationship no but they start fighting about it in their parental relationship and that's, you know, it's easier being a co-parent than being romantically involved with someone. So or managing I, two relationships. I was married. I was in a relationship for 10 years, had two children. I'm now divorced. I've been divorced, um, well, over four years now, coming to five years. Um, I haven't been on the dating scene too much. But my prospects are, if I meet someone... I would never deprive a woman of not having one child, at least. If she hadn't, if I met someone and they haven't had a child, but I would say I'd want to do it in a donor situation. And if we worked out long term, obviously I'd still raise the kid and love the kid the same. Now, you know, it's it, it's a complicated situation to be in. I mean, I'm content with the amount of children I've created. I'm content with the you know ones that I've raised. How do you, in, in retrospect of me and you, you know, you've obviously got a wife that, you know, is, you sort of mentioned earlier that was considering that. If she went down the co-parenting route, how would that affect your relationship in raising another child? Or would it, would you rather that you gave her the child and then say, I'll raise it, but if we, if we don't work out, then obviously that's on on you. I mean, like it's 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 a conversation that adults need to have, but it's not, you know, it's because there's jealousy, you know, like you know, you you've got children that you've got relationships with. Would she love the idea of her child then once becoming siblings with those and being included included in that? You know, what's going to unfold, what may unfold in you know another yeah, 10 yeah, years yeah. well i think I mean, of course we we are we're you know the um, with the with the families i uh with my children i already know we are uh of course we're a family network and she's part of this of course yeah and i love that you know? I, it's, it's such a great thing to hear like i love yeah. i love when um you know because there's donors out there who donate it and they never tell their partner you know that's exactly. and that's exactly. betrayal you know, and because but but we yeah it is betrayal but we, we you know we uh, we got a relationship and I already knew these uh, uh, these children and uh, last year last year we got married 
and um of course uh, of course the children and their parents uh, and our and our parents uh, uh and our uh, our own uh, brothers and sisters uh, they were all with the cer at the ceremony because they're all part of the our of our core family um but um um you know she she started we started our relationship and she already knew I was not going to have more children or that that was my position then. Of course, it's an ongoing uh, conversation. But um, if she would find another co-parent, um, I think I would be happy to welcome um, this co-parent in our lives. Mm. Um, uh, you know, and, and um, of course, when the child is with her, it would mean that most of the time you get some sleep. <laughs> uh, yeah, we wouldn't. We would sleep a lot less. But uh, if if her child would be with uh, with her, it would mean it's always also with me. So I'll I'll do some part of raising a child, of course. Mm. Um, but you know, you you but, know what? It is actually interesting because you know, for instance, I have helped a single mother by choice. And then yeah. she's gone on to meet another, a partner. Yeah. And he said, you know what? I actually really like the fact that you use the donor because there's no animosity. There's no jealous ex-boyfriend or dad that's in the way of this. And they feel they can take on a more like friendly role. There's not less jealousy. And yeah it makes things less complicated you know when there's clear transparency exactly in 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 what you're communicating across and i you know that's what i admire about hearing your story and this is why i ask these questions and this is why i ask the hard questions because there's people out there that are not as brave as UTs to to uh express this you know a lot of people keep this in and the the information that you're giving out today is so valuable to these people in these positions oh, that will be listening I to hope this. So. Thank you. And I hope so. and I love real leg legitimacy in uh, you know in these in these uh, responses because they are really practical and thought out in in what you're saying and and uh, you know because. Some people wouldn't dare to go there, but when you when you put it across in, in what you do and then, and say, you know, I'm willing to, you know, let you do that, that is, um, you know, this is the modern day relationship, I reckon, in terms, because there's I a lot of... I think so, I think so, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, it's, a, it's, it's, yeah. There's, there's a lot of men out there now in the dating scene and they've had vasectomies and they just say to their ex, like, I'll um, try and give you a baby. And then they wait till they're too old and they keep a secret that exactly. they had a vasectomy yeah. and you're, you're yeah. straightforward, like, and hat, you know, hat off to you. Like it's, uh, you know, you're a remarkable man. 
So, well, <laughs> I mean, we all have flaws as human. So, you know, like we, yeah, none yeah, of us well, are perfect. I do, I do have my share. That's, uh, <laughs> that's very much true. <laughs> we won't, we won't get that. We won't go there because we don't want to change the narrative of this podcast. But, <laughs> um, great. So, <laughs> um, so look, uh, for me, like, uh, you know, Donating at the clinic, and it, you know, it's it's one of these things. I'm a really in depth thinker. You know, I'm a person that speaks to hundreds, thousands of people. You know, my podcast. I speak to great people like yourself. Um, you know, I, I was always paranoid at donating to a clinic because I was like, how would I feel if a child one day, you know, comes to me and says their parent, if I donated a clinic anonymously and didn't handpick them. That they were bad people, they were violent to them. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, like a lot of people can have a lot of people have money that can go forward a clinic, but it doesn't mean they're necessarily good people. How do exactly. you how do you deal with this situation if if that was to come to your door one day? Like, is it you know is that is that going to taint? your legacy of, you know, doing a good deed of donating at a clinic to help people have children. Um, yeah. And, and, and you know, how do well, you deal with that? Yeah. Well, as a, as a social worker uh, myself and, you know, I, I worked with, uh, with, with children for a long time. I know that uh, par- there are a lot of parents that, that are really less than ideal parents, mm. um, you know, and it's, uh, and if you, if you have 18 children, um in 14 families yeah it's you know it's a it's a statistical fact that not all of them are going to be equally happy um with their parents that they're you know they um that that's a fact and um i i hope that i will meet all my children um and of course i hope that they all have uh, that they'll all say well i had a great childhood uh, you know i missed you but um, you know, I'm happy to connect now and let's catch up. But um, you know, realism would say that some of them are are, are not uh, only happy about it. Mm. And uh, you know, I, um, I hope that the relationship we will form uh, will be open enough for them to um, uh, to give their criticism or to be open about. Um, uh, what they missed maybe or or that their parents um uh made mistakes or weren't weren't uh, weren't really good parents um and then i hope i'll be open and strong enough for them to um to to search with them on 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 how uh, how can i do my part in um in in fixing this in their in their mm. in their lives. I mean, it, your story is different to mine because it you know it's based on the clinics who walk through the door that picks you or however they do it, right? Mine is based on my feel and judgment. So if I get it wrong, I'm probably yeah. going to feel like shit. I got it wrong, all right? Where yours is like the clinic. Yeah, but 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 I'm I'm also the one who went to the clinic. So yeah, the clinic fucked up. Then in the end, I did. What me and you have done have, have been great things. And I don't want to blow my own horn. So we'll say what you've done is great things. But, yeah. you know, does it, 
you know, we're humans, so we're going to feel emotions as donors. And and we've yeah. done we've done donating on an opposite scale. For me, I see picking someone very important to me. How do you, you know, like the regulations, I don't trust the regulations of clinics or keeping numbers, tracking and all that sort of stuff. But then obviously online, you can get donors that do exactly the same thing. And we're going to talk in a minute about Jonathan, my, me, uh, my, yeah, whatever his name is from. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to talk about him shortly. But, um, and he's done the worst of both worlds, I guess, if that's in your view, you know. If someone was abusing these children and my, you know, and they went to them, it would hurt me because I care for them. I care for the mothers. Yeah. I care for and them. It, it, it would hurt me. So yeah, for also, me, for me, yeah. I feel there's a system like, so what I've done in Australia is you get banned if you lie about the number of children that you have. So if you yeah. say you've got 20 children, that's fine. Cause then the mother will have to tell the children, you know, it's, it's, it's based on transparency. Yeah. It's the key. It's when you tell a child that they've got five siblings and they find out they've got 500, that. I think it's the traumatic experience because all of a sudden they're wondering. I think so. yeah. And yeah. I and for me, I say to them, everyone, you need to create a parents group that everyone, yeah. you know, so the kids can know. Now you're not expected. I've spoken to women who have picked me and they said, "Hey, Adam, you're an experienced donor. Um, I want to pick you because you know what? I had three or four siblings myself, but I didn't." relate to any of them so i don't have a relationship with any of them but if i had a donor with 20 20 children i might be best friends with two or three of them and i thought okay that's an interesting perspective because based on their life story and then i thought well you know what just because you have 20 siblings that's right you don't need to be best friends with them all you know i mean like you don't need to you don't need to know what's going on every day. I mean, you can, like, there's people in your, everyone listening to this podcast, there is people that you would only see on Christmas Day or a festive, I don't know, do you celebrate Christmas over there? In, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know in um, Norway they have uh, Mr. Like, was it? I don't know, but there's a, a different Christmas um character over there and it's on i think it's on new um christmas eve they celebrate it but um anyway um everyone's a little bit different but like there's people that you only see on you know certain persistive days per year and and you know you put up with them for one day a year because you don't you know you normally get along with them but like because yeah yeah and and that's normal you know that's normal you know like there's many people that grow up with siblings that they never, um, you know, they grew up with them for 18 years. They never got along with them. And I think we need yeah. to know that that's normal. So, you know, like I see some donor conceived people can um, confused that they feel that they need to be friends or need to have an active um, part in everyone's life. But no, it's not. It's it's um it's completely normal to just pick the ones that relate to you, or you connect yeah. with, or similar values. And um you yeah. know I want them but, these but people. Um, 
yeah but well i think i, I think you you're you're saying it right i mean uh, you can't have a uh, you don't want a relationship with all of them or you can't yeah you, you won't have that and you just have to pick the ones that you do relate to but um for me that also means um that you should be able to um uh, to know all of all of your siblings to mm. get to know them enough to, to decide that mm. yeah yeah i agree yeah and, that's and and there's the there's the there's the difficulty i think uh in some uh, in some case because you know in the in the netherlands we have uh, many groups of uh, of more than 30 siblings mm. um and um you know the the biggest group uh, we know is uh, 107 at the moment uh, or 108 mm. uh, and every month they find a new sibling um, but that, that's like... but that's the thing though. You, you, when you don't have a clinics, you're always wondering who's going to pop up. You know, it's like yeah, mushrooms. Exactly. Exactly. So you it know? should be transparent. But if it's transparent, if the transparency yeah. is if there's 107, there's 107. Is it going to be 108 yeah. next month? No, it's not because we know it's 107. But yeah, the thing but is, with the clinics, it's like if you grow up, yeah. But if you grow up with 107, it's already too many. I agree 107 is too much. But I feel yeah. I feel that having so I think I think maybe it, it would it would be still possible at tw with 20 or you know 25 children you can get to know if you grow up with them you'll know with who you connect and mm. who you don't connect. I mean I've dated a, I've dated, I've donated a couple um not donated I've uh, dated a couple of Italian um ladies with huge families. Yeah, exactly. That, that have over 150 people at Christmas come together. Exactly. And it's exactly. it, it's massive, you know, like, yeah. and you see that and you go, okay, like, you know, like I've had people come to me and say, hey, Adam, I want you to donate to me because I come from a large family and, I, and to me I know how magical that is. Like I don't see these people every day, but when we have these big get-togethers, we all welcome each other with open arms, we're all happy. You know, the thing is it's, it's, it's very easy for us to criticise when we haven't been in that situation. So if we come from a... Uh, a family that's um, you know two or three siblings, you know, in total, and we haven't, you know, we can't process, or we you know we haven't got a large member of um, cousins or whatever, and we can't process that. We go, well, how does that look? I can't comprehend that. And then we get so people that come from these big families, like we want to pick you as your as a donor because we've seen that. And we know how good that is. We know how yeah. fun that is. So, I mean, it's 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 very open to interpretation. And for me, what I've learned is transparency is the key. As soon as there's lies, as soon as there's um, trying to catch, you know, for instance, if you're trying to catch up on 100 siblings at the age of 20 because they've yeah, just been released no, to you, that is many. way too. That is way too hard because you know that's well, information. You know, yeah, well, catching up with thirty at at twenty is all already too late. You know, you shouldn't you, you shouldn't ever be catching up. Of course. Mm. And but... I mean, yeah, it's it, it's it's interesting, but like it's 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 about honesty, transparency, no lie. Yeah, yeah. and it's um, also about uh, you know. Everybody in the in the network needs to be 
part of the decisions in the network in the sense that um you know if if there's because um, that's that's a thing of course you know if um because uh, being a sibling is a very direct um bond um so um um like you said well yeah, there's some people selecting you because they said well we already have big families so we know how 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 this works and i think that's a very good possibility but um it also means something for the for the people uh, who you helped in the in the start because they will be part of this big family network also and um so so uh, i mean if it's if it's all transparent um then everybody is always connected uh, and of course then you can balance these different uh, opinions and i think you probably do this uh, very well uh, and that is something that went wrong i think um in the case of jonathan because he's he's lying and can't be part of of this um structure I, I... so let's talk about jonathan right yeah i started looking into donating in 2014 i came across a same-sex couple that wanted a donor and yeah. i thought about it i thought well everyone in my family lives to 90 plus this is something i could do and i was like well i don't feel comfortable donating at a clinic because i don't know who's going to get my baby as i previously told yeah. you about my concerns and I thought, well, every you know, there's online dating now. Um, this is what coming. Surely there might be online donating. So I joined these online donation groups, and they were very small. In Australia, I was the 27th member in a group. That was yeah. the biggest group. It was very tiny, you know, but it was very seedy. It was very unregulated. It was like not moderated. No. You know, it wasn't. Anything it was going on. It wasn't good. And then I joined these uh, European groups because they were bigger in population. And I wanted to see what was going on. And Jonathan was there. And he yeah, was, uh, it was like Beatlemania. It was like Elvis Presley rocking up to a rock concert and all these women were throwing their knickers on stage. And, you know, it was, it was a rock show. And, yeah. And I saw this guy and I thought he had his long line mane hair going on. And all these women are like, I will fly you here, I'll fly you here all across Europe. And I instantly thought this guy will have over 100 children, you know, easily. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this was 2014. This is nine years, yeah. you know, like this is going on now. Like yeah, there was yeah. no... There was no Donakin at the scene watching this then. There was no one here doing that then. You know what I mean? No. We got we got Netflix now doing a documentary about it, saying how big it is and blah blah blah. But what he was doing then, you could not get away with now. You know what I mean? No. Like the damage is done. Like from what he's done exactly. is done. Now anything else now is a now we got systems in place. It's it's a knee jerk reaction now, and because. Back then, there was not as many donors. Now, in Australia, I've got so many donors that a guy would really struggle to get over 20 families because we have so many men available to, to donate. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Like, the thing, is, the thing is, it's supply and demand. You know, you got one guy over there in the Netherlands and he's the only guy online donating, then everyone has to pick him, especially if he's good-looking in their eyes and they're going to, you know, they want to pick him. 
And um, so anyway, everyone was picking this Jonathan guy. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. I didn't know he was lying about numbers, but it was no mm-hmm. secret online that if no. you if you saw his post and the responses that he got, if I was a woman choosing him online, you cannot complain about him because it was yeah, obvious. You should have known. Yeah. known. Now, the ones that he donated to at the clinic that didn't have this this scope, that's a different story. You know, obviously, they don't have the access of yeah. him. He's donating at a, a variety of clinics and he's not donating online. So they don't have that. You know, they don't have that access to that information. Um, so that's where I think he went wrong. Um, yeah. As far, he, as far as we know, he started at clinics. Um, but we also, um, you know, he, he was in, in several uh, groups, of course. But he also um, uh, donated at several forums and um, several forums closed down because they noticed that, um, uh, you know, of the of the 30 uh, advertisements of, uh, of, of donors um, uh, promoting themselves, uh, there act- act- actually were just four guys behind all those uh, all those uh, advertisements so in in all these different forums um, uh, they did this see i've reached out to him a couple of times to come on the podcast and tell his version of events and mm. it's sad because you know he's got a platform that isn't going to edit it out it's it's going to give him his own voice, just like you got your own voice today. You know your own version yeah. of events. You know everyone gets a fair go on this. I'm not a you know I'll ask some questions that probably uh, uh, you know a journalist wouldn't ask you because I'm obviously no. knowledgeable in the you know in this situation, and I might even even challenge you to you know even think about you know stuff that you you know you know it's interesting because like you know obviously I've got a background at that. You know, whereas a, a, and you know, I've really wanted to reach out to him and and express his story because ultimately, as humans, we have flaws. We, yeah, you know, he, he's made lies, but you know, one of the steps is if you take accountability of this, we can sort of work out the reasons behind this. You know, what I mean, like we can work out where he went wrong, and if we learn out where he went wrong, it can teach the next person of not to do it or fall into this trap, you know, like exactly. it tells exactly. a story. So anyway, yeah. he he's made a lot of mistakes. He was a pioneer in this regard. And he, I, you know, I may, and, and you know what? I, I don't like to paint people as bad people because I know there's many forms of addictions out there. Some addictions are good. Some are bad. The addiction of helping someone to have a child can be, you know, a drug in terms of seeing happiness and, and and giving you striving on, but like, you know, how long you go for, whether or not, but to lie, to manipulate people into using you is something that I don't agree on. Now, where did, you know, you obviously joined and became the chairman of the Donakin Foundation. Yeah. Now, how did this start coming across to you? You know, when were you absorbing this? In the case of Jonathan, you mean? 
Yeah, like how when when was this information starting well, when, getting... when it when it when it when it came up onto our radars? Well, of course we because uh, I've been uh, um, uh, chairman uh, of DonorKid since two thousand eleven. Yeah, and um, we've been mostly working uh, about regulations for clinics uh, and of course outing um, um, doctors who were using their own sperm. You know, because um, we already found um 10 doctors in the netherlands who who used their own sperm uh in the 70s 80s and 90s and we've um we've been also objecting to using international sperm uh, and all those kinds of things uh, for years and i think uh the case of uh of, of, of jonathan it only surfaced uh, with us in 2016 after uh, we um, made a lot of we made a lot of waves uh, and a lot of uh, media about uh, some clinics um, not sticking to their uh, maximums of uh, of children. Like there was this uh, clinic in uh, in Arnhem in the Netherlands. Um, they would they would regularly go to up to th- thirty six children wow. when they said they were sticking to the to the maximum of twenty five, um, and even a donor. Uh, he found out he had 56 children and uh, he, you know, he, he objected a lot uh, about that and uh, he's right to do so. Um, but because of, because of all this, uh, all this criticism uh, and all this lobbying about us, uh, by Stifting Donnerkind about the maximums, uh, clinics started um, well, looking a bit at each other and that's, that's when they found out that there were uh, two men uh, who would be donating at all the Dutch clinics. So were they uh, getting paid in Dutch? Were they getting paid to donate clinics? Yeah, well, in 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 Holland, uh, in the Netherlands, you get like um, uh, a maximum amount of uh, of forty uh, euros, mm. and in most clinics, it's like uh, you get 10, 10 euros uh, for a donation. Okay. Um, so it's not uh, it's it's just to to uh, to to cover your your um, um, uh, cover your expenses uh, traveling. Um, but the, there were these two men who had been donating at at all the eleven Dutch clinics. Um, one of them was um, uh, was Jonathan, and the um, clinics themselves they issued a warning. And after they issued this warning. Uh, about this, uh, these men who were donating everywhere. That's when there was some media attention and uh, parents who were either informed by the clinic that they were one of the 102 children already born or um, parents who found out that the donor they used, they found on internet and they, they used was actually this donor who was who would who had also been donating um, at eleven clinics. Um, so that's how we um, got connected to the to the case uh, of Jonathan, and we helped uh, parents to set up a Facebook community with each other, and um, and there's also some some Facebook communities for other mass donors in the Netherlands. Mm. Um, and we um, um, we helped them to start 
to start the conversation and we said well as though as stifting donorkind we're really 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 busy on working for regulations about maximum amounts and we're really busy on working for a fair and safe um uh, way to deal with the donor conceived people from before anonymity so dealing with this jonathan case isn't really our priority for us mm. that's something you as mothers need to take the take <laughs> the um, initiative in um and once in a while um we would help the the mothers and also because um of course it's uh, you know for these families it's quite stressful and so they would say well you know we want we want to talk you know we we organize some media attention but we don't really want to talk to the media ourselves because yeah. we think it's difficult or you know jonathan uh, says well if you talk to the media we're not i'm not going to see your kid any anymore you know and and parents didn't want that so then they would ask um ask stifting donorkin will you will you talk to the to the to the media about this hmm. um and that's something we said well that's we see the we see the bigger picture uh it doesn't have any repercussions for us and we can help um in this is, way is it helping though i mean look um look i i don't know like i for me i watched the story of jonathan from my own eyes before this has all come yeah. to the media attention and he seemed to disappear off facebook in 2017 now i'm not sure why he disappeared or or what and it seems like this is the aftermath now we're going you know, we're going for the juggler now in 2023 once the damage is done. Like, I mean, I'm not sure how much he's donating now, but I can tell you back in 2014, he was the bench, like, not the benchmark, but yeah, the, yeah. the most active guy doing yeah, it. But, you know, and because and... we only, we only surfed, he only got in our attention in 2016. Mm. Or it, but I mean, is it, is it? And, is it a knee-jerk reaction now that we're going for him now once he's is he has he died down? Is he still going like how is he going hard now? Is he still donating it like was he donating you know, it's 2023 now. We had a court case that's you know, we'll talk about the outcomes and what happened in yeah. a second. But I have we come too late in this party? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean we we have been saying like um of course the the, the problem with uh, with the international uh, sperm banks is that they don't have a limit on um, uh, on the amount of children per donor worldwide, and that is really a big problem. Um, uh, so we were already problemizing this, but uh, you know, in the last half year, um, we've been con we've been connected uh, of contacted by uh, at least. Um, eight families or eight moms mm. um, who um, um, who just have a child of one year of, uh, of, of Jonathan. Oh, wow. And, and didn't know. So what, what I did, uh, the New York Times did an article yeah. about Jonathan a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah. And at that time I did a podcast with, 
um, a couple of the Australian mums that imported sperm that came from Europe over yeah. to Australia. Yeah. And, you know, they seemed lovely at the time, did a great podcast. It was a great message. It was very transparent, all right? And I wanted to help these people. And I said to them, look, you know, my sperm donation world communities, we're very transparent. We screen people. We, you know, if someone creates a fake account, we'll see them because if a new account joins, yeah. we'll know who they are. We screen them. And I said, you know, obviously, Jonathan's from the Netherlands. You know, I'll create a Netherlands group. And if you want, you know, I can't moderate every group, but I can give you my information that I what's worked for me in Australia and pass it on to some Netherlands mothers in there. And I said, if you just want to take that on, I can help you grow that and be, you know, facilitate that as the thing. And they, they go, oh, this is all such a great idea. Like, you know, it's good and like it'll protect them and stop donors using fake identities like different aliases and all that. But then when it actually came to it, you know, they never really got into it. You know, like I set the group up, it never, ne never really took off. So it's easy, you know, to criticize, but no one wants to put the work in to do it. I mean, there's only so much to me. If I was in the Netherlands, I'd set it up the same. You know, like Sperm Donation World Community, we have an online register, birth register, that it asks you when you have a birth to uh, give your donor's details, how many children he said that they promised that he would have, etc. So if we're getting yeah. information emailed to us saying he said five and then there's all of a sudden ten, we'll cut them off and they'll be gone, you know, for good, yeah. you know? Yeah. So this is really adding transparency to it. So we've got a, we've got a system in place now that actually works. And anyway, I wanted to really help this Australian couple. And then they went off the benchmark and then, you know, like, and then they started bagging me and saying I was a bad person. I was like, hang on. I've always been there for you and I offered this system to you to be a part of. Yeah. And so, and then, and rather than get angry at them, I just think, well, is this trauma? You know, like, is this trauma? Oh, yeah. But, but I mean, I mean, a lot of parents, you know, they aren't perfect. And, um, um, uh, and of course, I mean, um, you know, it's it's uh, like I said. You know, uh, the Jonathan case wasn't the priority for uh, for stating donor kid, mm. uh, and uh, you know we helped we helped a group of uh, of mothers to form a group in two thousand seventeen, but then it took to to uh, to to this year that one of the one of the parents was ready to take some legal action. Um, and of course, uh, you know, we've we've informed uh, at several clinics also, like, you know, if you do, if you do if you're having all these contracts with donors, uh, which binds them to only donate at your clinic, why aren't you doing anything when 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 certain donors are not, uh, you know, are, are breaking the contract? Mm. Nobody's doing shit. Um and uh, I think that's that's that is a real problem, of course. Um, in the end, we uh, you know I know that it's difficult for people to uh, to take steps, especially if they're if they consider each other family, like some of the, the the parents, of course, consider Jonathan. It is difficult to take those steps. Um, uh, on the other hand, I think, uh, of course. 
you know, I mean, if you're addicted to uh, to helping people, that's that's a thing. But you should be, you should you should um, address that in yourself. I think, uh, or at least admit because, um, admit to the number of people you helped. That's the start. Well, exactly, but also you have to you because you helped people have have a child, but there is a child, uh, and you have an obligation towards those parents and to those children. You can't just say, well, uh, these people I haven't met yet uh, and who are uh, who, who don't have a child yet, those those needs are more important to me than the needs of all the people I helped mm. already. What what would you say, you know, you're you're a donor, you're gonna you got 18 children that are gonna wanna like potentially meet up with you at once. Yeah. You know, do you have a designated day of a month that you'll say, okay, this is the day we all meet up? You know, what I mean, like, we're, I don't know, you know how we're going to do it. I think this is this is going to, you know, it's going to form each, uh, itself uh, organically. Um, mm. Like I said, I mean, I know, I know, uh, four children now. I'm uh, in regular contact with them, and um, it's something I will have to work. Uh, that's that's my obligation toward these children and toward mm. the parents. I mean, is it is it a personal choice of like, okay, I've got this, I got I got my work life, I got my foundation life, my own hobby life, I've got my cats, I've got all these like things that you break down of what you consuming yeah. your time these days, and you go, okay, well, where do I find that time to allocate to these other people that may need or want to interact? Is that is that yeah. you know are, are some people more social than other people that they've got more time? You know, is there you know is it is it is it various in cases per person based on personality? Like, is it open to interpretation? Yeah, I think so. Because uh, because everybody needs something else, of course. You know, mm. I mean, uh, some some of my children may may you know may say, "Well, I I would like to see you once once every year because we don't really connect to each other." So I'll be there when uh, on birthdays or something. And others uh, like the children I already have connected to uh, say, "Well, uh, I really uh, I really like you as a parent." Um, so, uh, and it's going to be somewhere in between and, uh, you know, having children, even if, if, if you're a donor having children, um, of course things end up differently than you, than you started out, but that's life, you know? Mm. Um, and I made the conscious decision to donate, um, and if it if 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 rules change or if the do especially if the donor conceived people themselves make different um choices, I will have to deal with that because I'm the adult, I made this choice. So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have to do the work to deal with it. I can't say, oh, I made this all these decisions, I had a plan. And if if you uh you no, you're you're just an unwilling pawn in this. I created you, so you have to listen to me. That's mm. not the way it, it it works, of course. Well, people like Jonathan now that you know we've got a moderated online community in the Spermination World communities and the podcast that we're doing today wouldn't exist in this day and age. Like the damage is done. 
Now yeah. I'm worried. I'm worried about Netflix coming in and making government doing knee-jerk reactions where people start using fake identities again because they're too scared to use a real identity or be ever like linked to like Jonathan. So to me, it's sort of like this murky area now where I'm thinking we could be, you know, going back in time because of media sensation. No, uh, I don't. Th- I don't think so. I mean, the court case we did. It was a really, you know, it's a, it's a. It's um it's a personal thing. So so um I think I think uh, it was important in the sense that um it shows not to lie and be truthful. Yeah, and it's a civil case, you know. Mm-hmm. So um you know he made contract with several mothers saying I'm not going to exceed the number of 25. Um so uh so it's not something uh that is now law but um you know they've got uh, they've got this arrangement with him and if he breaks his contract with them it has financial consequences and uh i think that's that's quite a normal thing to do so do you, so, so yeah do you think in 20 years time you know you're saying like everyone sign out with ancestry and 23andme and dna and and insurance companies are probably pushing for a you know like we look back at 20 years time you know we wouldn't be holding a phone like this like 20 years ago no exactly. you know i mean like um exactly. yeah. so you know i think in 20 years time the world's going to be a different 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 place you and, know are uh, you just going to do a prick of your blood on a, a thing and it's going to say everything that you're prone to yeah yeah, yeah we're going to so, have an app just right. as if you're related or not. Yeah. Right now, I think in Iceland they're starting to do that now as well. But, I mean, like, yeah. is there, you know, like the problems, I think what I found that the foundations that are set up today are looking at what has happened in the past. And it's great that we've acknowledged the past and it's a great that we got these problems. But the children being born today or tomorrow because people go, oh, you know, for instance, I think to, I think it's more important for the psychology of being able to meet the father and know him. A lot of people just say the excuse of medical history or all that sort of stuff. But in 20 yeah, years, what is relevant think- now is like the medical history isn't clear. But I think yeah. one thing is for certain, in 20 years' time, you do a prick and it's going to tell you your whole medical history or what you're prone to or what could, you know, like the, they, you, they've... You need, yeah, yeah. But you need to be able to, uh, to connect to your sibling, to your family, to have a relationship with them uh, and to, and to uh, be able to, to grow up. You, you shouldn't be, or you shouldn't be always catching up. And that's something that's going to change, but things I worry about now is like um, European sperm bank and cryos. Um, they're not really transparent, mm. and um, and they're working internationally, so there's no boundaries for them. And those those are the things I worry about now. Um, if those are fixed, and we can just, you know, we can organize that um, people having children together are in contact together. Mm. and um uh, and that children can uh, can have a relationship with all these people then there's no problem so the Jonathan case you know 
You found yourself in the center of it, really, in terms of you know a lot of the media articles were mentioning Donakin and and bringing you up as the, you know like the course the, the the case is done, it's settled now. We can talk about it. Yeah. All right. You know, when did you realize that you're in such a you know this is going to be a massive media sensation? You know, what I mean, like it's a it's the biggest thing from the Netherlands that's happening. You know, in Europe, I guess in terms of a single person donating at multiple clinics and all that sort of stuff and, yeah. and being tried. It's, it's, it's a world first. Let's just be, you know, it's, it's you know, be completely honest yeah, the about it. Is the is a world first. But, hmm. you know, because we're... Um, um, in the start of this year, uh, one, of the, one of the parents said, well, I want to take legal steps. And then we said, okay, let's, let's, um, let's do it quite clean. Mm-hmm. And um, so we 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 said, well, we're going to back you, helping you f- with the legal steps, and we're going to be the spokesperson in the media. Um, and we th- we said, um, you know, the um, we're going to have one big paper in the Netherlands, who will have uh, one interview with you as a parent. Yep. And for the rest, we are going to represent. Uh, parents and uh, and donor conceived children, and um, um, our our thought was we first want the case, no media at the case, um, then a um, then this article with the parent in it, and um, just some talking in the aftermath, and then uh, one of the news agencies in the Netherlands. Because they know us, and they know, and they they regularly look up in the, in the agenda of the courts what kind of cases are coming. So, um, um, so we had a lot of media attention because the court already published pub, uh, published their uh, their their agenda for the coming weeks, their schedule, uh, and that's how the media found out. So while we were thinking we don't want any media at the um, at the court case, um, of course you, you can't control the media. So they found out we there was going to there was going to be a court case. Is this is this Netflix and, or is this like where, where did Netflix where did Netflix come involved? Uh, Netflix came uh, because the Netflix documentary they contacted us. Um, they've been very. They've been publicly posting everywhere. You know, like it was. Yeah, yeah, a- yeah no, but they, they, but they, they were, they were just, um, they, they were just started and, um, because they were in contact with several parents. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they said, "Well, uh, do you want to have some comments?" Uh, as Stichting Donorkind in the in the um, uh, in the documentary, and we said, well, of course, we want to have some comment because we think it's important to address all the problems, especially with all the clinics that's going on. So, of course, that's something we think we want to uh, we want to um, uh, address. Comment on. Yeah, but yeah, but but it's. I think I think we we heard about the Netflix documentary. Um, I think a couple of weeks after we heard about uh, that, there was one parent uh, willing to take legal steps. Yeah. What do you think? 
you know, the Netflix is in development, probably come out next year in 2024. Mm -hmm. What do you think it will achieve? I think um, it, I, I hope it will um, show to people that um, the transparency is, is paramount and um, that it should be about the needs of the children. And, um, and, and that means it addresses, uh, it also addresses uh, parents who, um, who think, oh, I already know that this donor already has, uh, I don't know, 200 children. I want, um, I want number 201. Uh, but I don't want to deal with all this, all these other parents or all the other siblings, mm. you know. And that's that's a problem if people think it's just um, it's just a part. Hey, you know, it's just a piece of uh, of genetic material, and that's all I want from you, because that's that's not the way to um, to uh, go about this 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 business of of making children. So there was a very um, vocal lawyer, and I think his name was Mark. Who fronted the legal costs for this court case? I mean, obviously, there's great publicity for it. Um, you know, how does how does navigate when you're wanting to do a, a court case that's going to be as, uh, you know, media exposure? You know, like a person who's a lawyer knows that this is going to be media exposure. So how does this yeah. negotiation go down in, in terms of, you know, making it all happen because, like, you know, there's a lot oh, of costs that, in this. Well, that's that's not that not that's not too difficult. Um, you know, lawyer fees in the Netherlands are aren't that high. Okay, that's that's, that's something that's very important to know. Um, and of course, um, um, uh, many people have insurance for lawyer fees. Yeah. Um. So that's a, that's an important thing also. And um, uh, Mark, the, the 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 lawyer who did this, uh, we already knew him because he also did court cases against. He did court cases for donor-conceived persons uh, whose donor uh, changed from known donor to anonymous donor. Mm. They donated at the clinic. Um, so he did these court cases, so he knew the material, and he also represented a donor um, and a parent uh, against a clinic uh, of where the clinic exceeded the maximum amount of uh, children from this donor. Mm, okay. So, so he was already uh, he knew uh, a lot about um, uh, about working these kind of cases, um, and there's another uh, lawyer. Uh, also, he did, who, who did a lot of cases for donor-conceived people uh, in the Netherlands. So uh, I know several parents spoke to both of them. Um, and um, so the so the fees are quite straightforward in the Netherlands for for lawyers. Uh, the parent who did it was um, uh, had insurance uh, for it. Um, so um, um, and and of course, if you win uh, a case, then uh, and that was in this case, then the uh, other party has to pay for the costs going to ah, court. Yeah. So you're confident they they were confident they were going to win. 
Yeah. Right now, does Jonathan have to pay the cost of the court because he, he lost? Is is that what happened? Yeah. Or? yeah. yeah. Well, the, the court said he has to pay the cost. And what, what cost he, was that? He, he, hmm? What cost is that, uh, your estimation? Uh, it's, it's it's not that much. I think it's it's like um, uh, I'm I'm not sure about how much it is, but mm. it would be in the order of uh, of ten or fifteen thousand euros maximum. Okay, yeah. You so know, it's not crazy amounts, you know. It's, so it's Jonathan yeah. presented himself to court. He he presented his case. He was confident. I guess in 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 what who represented him, and ultimately the verdict came out. Now, you were there when the verdict came out. What what was your feeling of this verdict? Like you know, dissect the verdict, break it down to everyone that doesn't really know what happened. Yeah. So so um, the verdict is that. Um, um, that this donor Jonathan uh, needs to stop uh, contacting people or advertising himself, uh, saying he's willing to donate. Mm. Uh, he should stop replying to people if they request him to donate, and he should inform all the clinics that he donated at um, that they should destroy his material um for for if it's if it's not already uh reserved for a family that's already been created that it already have one children. or more children of him yeah. um and uh if he uh if he breaks these rules and uh, then there will be a um I don't know what you said. Well, how do you how do you call it in in uh, in English? It's a dwangsom, so it's a certain amount of money he needs to pay. Hundred thousand euros. Yeah, hundred thousand yeah. euros he needs to pay when he breaks the these rules uh, of the court ruling. So, okay, my my question is like, because there's so much open to interpretation. I read this, the media posted it as it was it's not you know i didn't get a real good transcript of this all right yeah. so but i'm looking a criminal court case it's just a it's civil, a civil. okay so say okay there's a lot of speculation that jonathan is in kenya all right yeah. i'm not sure what have you heard about kenya do you know anything about kenya yeah, well, I've I've heard he was he's he's been there uh, several times, um, and I've heard he's been uh, donating there. Okay, so there could be two thousand straws in a corrupt country. Now, could, could he yeah. could he do an email and say, "Could you delete um remove my straws," and that's the evidence, and then go to him personally and say, "I'm." That's just me covering my ass, like so I don't get charged a hundred thousand euros. You know what I mean? Like, where, like, is this international? Like, he can't do it in Netherlands, or is it worldwide? What's the no, interpretation it's, it's, of this law? And can he hand in his Europe um, Dutch passport and no longer be part of Dutch? You know, ci civil. You know, part of the community. No, of course. I mean, he, he still has his has his Dutch rights. Uh, and uh, I, I probably, uh, if he informs everyone, he can't donate anymore. Uh, of course, if he if he goes to uh, Kenya and he says to them in person, 
uh, hey, um, use it uh, at will. Um, you know, uh, we won't have any evidence of that. So um, he can just show his email and says, well, I've informed it and requested uh, requested mm. them to destroy this um, this material. Um, of course, because, um, <laughs> you know, he's got his own created large group of mothers yeah. Yeah. who have a strong interest in not letting him um, go on with this practice. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but you know, course, you, you know, yeah. from what I'm looked at, there has been serial murderers that get fan clubs of women writing to him in in prison. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm not saying he's a murderer or anything like that. Okay, but no. there becomes obsessive fans throughout the world that would say, yeah. "I'd love to have the thousand child with him," or you know, what I mean, like yeah. something. Yeah. Something no, outrageous it's, like it's that. Possible. And, it's possible, yeah. You know, what happens, you know, if these women are saying, well, let's just have casual sex, sex, and they're obviously doing a time when they're ovulating, you know, there's there, there's still no way of actually, you know, incriminating. No, it's not a hundred it's not a hundred percent, of course. It's not a hundred percent. Um and um, you know we uh, like the I mean we said he has to be to refrain from being a donor. You know mm. it's not it's not illegal for him to uh, to have a relationship or to um, to to start a family. Is so, is it is it one of those things where there's such a gray area that you cannot really do? But like the fact is. You know, there's so many loopholes out there, I guess, and um, and even though it, it would be obvious when you see the trends of you know having more children than the average person would have children out there, um, you know, but like for instance, you know, in the end, if it's in the end, it's it's uh, he can't go on at the rate that he's he doing. So you know, and it's 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 well, also a way to stop the 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 you know if you if you stop cryos and European Sperm Bank and all these big companies, then you really did a lot because they'll have to refrain from this too. Um, and um, um, he'll 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 have to he has to stop uh, with all the um. Uh, with all the with all the uh, internet sites he was on, and um, yeah, of course there will be loopholes for him to um, to 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 have more children if he really wants that. So, for instance, right, say there's a Kenya setup, for instance, hypothetically speaking, because yeah. I've heard rumors. I don't know. I've never spoken to the man. I don't know, but. For instance, say there's a clinic that's taken his, he's donating at the clinic daily, weekly, second daily, or whatever the ratio is. And mm -hmm. let's just say he's got 2,000 straws out there and he's yeah. got a syndicate of donors that he's brought to Kenya. And then they're promoting and saying, hey, if you want a sibling of Jonathan's or if you want a guy with the, mm -hmm. the Lion of Mombasa, I've, I've even heard the name being put yeah. out there. Have you heard that name, the Lion of Mombasa? Um, I've seen it, but you know, yeah. it's, it's these kind of stories I can't really. Do well, no one can with. because you know that there's obviously secrecy to that. 
you know what I mean? Like, the thing is, um, you know, obviously they're trying to protect his identity, so they're using a code name, which the main is a dead giveaway. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a stupid code name, you know? He could call himself Batman. That's you know. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're very right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know, and and it's of course it's quite stupid in the sense that, um, you know, if if <laughs> if there if there if there will be children, uh, through this clinic, mm. uh, in 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 my heritage or anything, you'll have proof that well, he donated. Well, a lot and, of people are saying that because Kenyans are poor, they don't have access to like twenty three Me and and ancestry yeah, and all that. They they will have. They will have. In, yeah. In ten years' times, they will have. Yeah. And, okay. And then and 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 then you can say, well, you donated over there, or you didn't. Yeah. Or yeah, you can show your email. Okay. Then the clinic is responsible. But is the laws in Kenya going to hold the clinic responsible? Is that the loophole? Is that no? But is... no, you don't need the. But you don't need the the laws in in uh, in Kenya. There there will be enough possibility, especially then, mm. to to directly uh, take legal steps against a clinic in Kenya. Okay. Well, yeah. Like I don't I don't know the laws or or that sort of stuff, but I thought. Kenya is like what I understand is is from a lot of people that said that you know Thailand used to do illegal surrogacy, and then they yeah. tied up on pressure, and now Kenya is trying to cash in on the markets where the other company um not companies countries yeah. Yeah. um have tied up on, and they're trying to get this yeah. tourism market coming in through them now. And they use, and they use the uh, line of Mombasa as the, uh, you know, the the syndicate of the person who's bringing donors in, and obviously they're telling them the story of like, you know, to um, escape poverty, have a child who's half caste or white, um, you've got a better chance of um, them doing well in life. Could be, could be, but I, I think this will end up. Uh, in um in in uh, yeah in a problem for both the clinic and uh and this lion in about uh, <laughs> ten or twenty years. Yeah. Like the what the word lion sounds like lion, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, look, it, it it just seems such a. Ah, oh, it's a far-fetched story, you know, doesn't I mean, it? I mean, and and if it's true, you know, then then you're. How can you really um, say to yourself, "I'm still helping people," while knowing that there's already at least four hundred children and parents who are saying, "We would really, really, really appreciate it if you would stop." Is that addiction? Is that addiction to the worst level? Uh, I think that hurting your family members and not not taking their um, not their feelings and their interest in account, I think those are the ugly parts of uh, of addiction. Yeah. Have you have you um have you watched his YouTube videos? No. 
<laughs> no, no, I've heard about them, but I don't need to watch them myself. No, no, I, I've I watched a couple of minutes of some, and I haven't gone through the whole depths. It's too much for me, but it's um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I mean, no, yeah, well, you, I I just think, well, if it's another white guy uh, in his thirties uh, or forties talking about cryptocurrency, then yeah, then. <laughs> Then I really I I know enough, you know. It's yeah. gonna leave the realm of reality quite soon. Uh look, it is it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today, Tease. Um, and if I come Thanks. to if I come to Amsterdam, what what am I gonna do in Amsterdam? You know, like what's the must sees? Can you give me some advice? Um, where are you, where are you going to be in the Netherlands? Because, um, um, you know, the, the Amsterdam and the other big cities, uh, are really close together. So, yeah, um, I saw that. I'm going to, I'm going to just be an hour, hour of public transport. You can be anywhere. I, I was looking at Rotterdam and then going to Amsterdam, but I might just go to Rotterdam straight to Amsterdam quickly. And then, um, and then yeah, just be in Zandvoort for the uh, the uh, Formula uh, One. Yeah, of course. Right. So yeah, I'm yeah, only yeah. going to be I'm going to be there for five days. So I'm not I'm not going to be donating. Okay. I'm not okay. I'm not looking to yeah, donate. No. But you know what? I love meeting. You know how things yeah. are working in that country and that sort of stuff. So yeah, for yeah. me, it's it's like I want to. You know you know what? If I did find that one special person to donate to, that would be fine because I'd love to go and 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 absorb the heritage of the Netherlands and have that one child that's from the Netherlands and go. You know what? Oh, man, I mean, there's there's a lot of people in Australia with with Dutch heritage, eh? Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I find no, that but... I want to learn from that connection you know like when i go in there yeah, yeah. and i absorb that i'll be like yeah. you know it doesn't need to be tens or fifteens or hundreds of children there um you know the one in sweden i went to Gothenburg because that's where they're going to be raised and yeah. i just absorbed so much of that like that's the university they're going to go to that's the you know like yeah. to me it just meant so much more because it was a personal connection rather than yeah, just exactly. um and you know and and for me it's like um learning the dutch culture like it makes me want to learn it more if there was a child involved with it because that means like they're going to be connected and that's what they're going to grow up with in schools and yeah. all that education yeah um, so it is actually, you know, for me, it's really meaningful for a person to be like that, but without being excessively in, um, you know, um, being yeah. there for like months and, yeah. and helping yeah. hundreds or twenties of no, people, no, no, no. Uh, you know, yeah. like that's, that's no, ridiculous. You should, uh, in Amsterdam, you should go to, um, um, I think, I mean, you should just walk around in the city center. It's yep. really important to do. Um, you should go to um, you. Sh you should have coffee or lunch in the top of uh, the public library, which is close by the uh, Amsterdam Central Station, because uh, you know it's a beautiful building. They always have some 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 nice stuff going on, some exhibitions and uh, and that kind of stuff. And you'll have a great view all over the all over the the city. Uh, so that's something I would really recommend you to do. Um, you should you should go to Vondelpark okay. and um, uh, have a beer or maybe even a barbecue uh, um, 
just in a nice afternoon uh, at Vondel Park because Vondel Park is like um, everybody's back garden in Amsterdam. Yeah, okay. Well, are you going to be there? Are we going to catch up for a beer? Uh, well, possibly. possibly. <laughs> uh, Everyone, you've heard this. We're catching up for a beer. <laughs> well, let me know when you're there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Look, if you're there, you're there, you know. But, I mean, look, um, you know, I've got no friends in Amsterdam. So, like, the fact is, is um, you know, I, I want to learn more about this world. I want to learn more about how the Dutch are having children. I want to know I want to know how we can better it. I want to know how we can do, you know, a better deed for future generations ahead. So, yeah. you know, um, that's what it's all about to me. You know, this is what this, this is what this podcast is about. You know, like, I will talk to people from various backgrounds, from various experiences that I haven't dealt with. They've gone down unique paths that have formed themselves to an identity that's led to something that they've learned more about themselves in the path that they've taken. And it's, it's incredible the, you know, to meet you and have these conversations tonight at different parts of the world and to get your opinion and they may be a little bit different to mine or we end down different pathways but at the same time we walk away at the end of the night and we go right this is why this guy does it this way or this is why he spoke to me this way or this is why he had these questions for me you know like and i love that you know i love that interaction i love because we're still working it out to perfect the ultimate way for these future generations of children being born. And if we can work that out, we're doing some good. You know what I mean? Like that's what it's, that is what it's about today. So anyway, tease, it was so great to speak to you today. And um, I appreciate you giving your time. And we had a, we had a great conversation and, you know, we've had a mammoth, um, it's a good, it's a decent podcast, you know, like a lot of some yeah. people, you go on a podcast and it might be a 40 minutes to an hour, but you don't get the in-depth of what we got today. You know what I mean? Like these are, these are the ones, like the ones that I do, they can go for three hours or two and a half hours or two hours to get the information, information that we need or the, you know, what you are about on there you know you can ask us cheap questions but we we touched on some some in-depth stuff tonight yeah so today so thanks thanks for the opportunity and uh yeah we had a good conversation thanks awesome so i am definitely looking forward to catching up with you for a beer with you Um, great i will link your information and your foundation on the on the uh the website for this uh, podcast and Great. so anyone that wants to learn more or reach out to uh, tease you can and yeah if you're from the netherlands i'd love to hear from you as well and what you thought about this this conversation and and obviously teasers there for you as well to take that information and if you use jonathan as a donor you know or your concerns i'd love to hear that as well you know, all the podcasts I do has a special message and, and this one is is another special message. And um and I and I really thank you, you know, for you putting yourself out there, Tease, to come out and just tell us 
all this and your story of what made you become who you were and, and who you are now and and the position you're in. So thank you. Thanks. Thanks. All right. Until next time. Peace out. <laughs>